When you have the right recon process in place, it's easy to stay ahead of the game. Put your recon on cruise control today with iRecon, the solution built directly in Viato that obliterates recon inefficiencies and accelerates your used car sales. Visit viato.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, November 8th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Ford's Chief Marketing Officer departs abruptly. Elon Musk taps Tesla's China chief to run its Texas Gigafactory. And a detained former Borg Warner executive is not coming home from Russia along with WNBA star Brittany Griner. Plus, our exclusive conversation with Stellantis North America COO Mark Stewart, who says all of the automakers' brands are doing well almost two years after the merger. That base, because people are like, oh my gosh, how can you feed 14 children, right? It's like something's going to go, but nothing's gone. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford says Chief Marketing Officer Susie Deering is leaving the company at the end of the week. Deering joined the automaker in early 2021 from eBay. The automaker did not give a reason for her departure. In a post on LinkedIn, Deering wrote that she still believes in the company's mission and vision. Deering's appointment was announced roughly a month after Jim Farley took over as Ford CEO in October 2020. It was a signal the company wanted to reach outside the industry and bolster its tech chops against the likes of Tesla and other challengers. Ford said it would announce her successor later. Elon Musk has tapped a longtime Tesla executive in China to help run the automaker's newest plant in Austin, Texas. That's according to people familiar with the matter who spoke with Bloomberg News. Tom Zhu joined Tesla in 2014 to help build its supercharger network. He oversaw construction of the Shanghai Gigafactory and most recently has been heading the automaker's Asia-Pacific operations. He's in Austin this week and has brought some of his engineering team from China with him to assist in overseeing the ramp-up of Giga Texas. The facility will be a U.S. hub for the Model Y and future production of the Cybertruck. Sources say it's not clear how long Zhu will be in Austin or whether he'll retain his Asia responsibilities. Representatives at Tesla in the U.S. and China did not respond to requests for comment. Self-driving truck developer Enride has completed another funding round and secured a large asset-backed debt facility. That says it works to develop an autonomous and electric freight mobility ecosystem. The Sweden-based company says the deals will provide Enride with up to $500 million in capital. In October, Enride completed a test of its autonomous pod truck on open roads. It traveled between a GE Appliances manufacturing facility and a warehouse in Selmer, Tennessee. Enride's self-driving truck has no cab or seating area for a human driver. It looks like a high-tech shipping container on wheels. The truck is operated remotely by a human using a joystick and other controls while sitting at a desk behind large screens that provide a view of where the truck is headed. And former Borg Warner executive Paul Whelan is not included in a prisoner exchange with Russia that has freed WNBA star Brittany Griner. Whelan is a former security director for the automotive supplier and a former U.S. Marine. In 2020, he was sentenced to 16 years in prison in Russia on spying charges that he denies. One U.S. official tells Bloomberg News that Russia was unwilling to negotiate his inclusion, and so President Biden had to choose between getting Griner back or no one. Russia exchanged Griner in a one-to-one swap for Victor Boot, a notorious arms dealer. That's according to a statement from Russia's foreign ministry. 
And those are today's headlines. Jamie, this is an exciting day for us at Automotive News and for you. You're going to be talking with GM CEO Mary Barra later today. It's a big moment for the company and for her as executive. Talk a little bit about what you hope uh, she'll answer. Yeah, I'll be talking with her at the Automotive Press Association uh, fireside chat. She does this uh, most years, so it's a good opportunity to look back at the year and and look ahead. Of course, this has been a a tremendous year in the auto industry. Some recovery from COVID, some recovery from the chip shortage, both of them still ongoing. And yet, more importantly, is this, you know, epic transformation of the industry toward EVs, which she is really leading at GM. Uh, So lots to talk about. And you can check out coverage of Jamie's conversation with Mary Barra on autonews.com later today. And of course, you can also hear that interview here on Daily Drive on Monday. Coming up, a conversation with Stellantis North America COO Mark Stewart. That's next on Daily Drive. Warning, your reconditioning process needs attention. Unexpected shortages and delays can throw off even the most routine recon work, slowing your sales and eating into your bottom line. Identify and fix reconditioning inefficiencies to turn your inventory faster with iRecon. This reconditioning solution, built directly in V-Auto, keeps you in control of your service department and puts your recon on cruise control. With real-time alerts and reports, iRecon helps you get ahead of potential issues before they become costly problems. You'll be able to track who's doing the work and how long tasks are taking, see the status of any vehicle in an instant, and make adjustments where needed. And it's all done in an easy-to-use dashboard you can customize to fit your workflow. Obliterate inefficiencies and accelerate your used car sales only with iRecon. Run your personal recon diagnostics with us today and put your process on cruise control. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Jake Neer. The 2021 merger of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles and PSA Group created an automaker with 14 different brands. It committed to giving each of them a decade to earn their place in the future, Now, almost two years later, they are all thriving. That's according to Stellantis North America COO Mark Stewart. He talked about it with publisher Casey Crane at Automotive News Congress in Detroit. Here's a piece of their conversation. You know, we're winding up two years now, Stellantis. Um, It's been a a hell of a transition, a merger. Um, You know, looking back now, maybe it seems easy, but as you're dealing with it with a global pandemic, Fill us in a little bit. Of, uh, what was it like? What were some of the growing pains trying to put together, you know, two massive companies like that? You know, and, and two companies with hundred-year-plus histories, and in, in our case, right, kind of a, a revolving name here and there on the FCA side over the years. So, I think the from the FCA side, because of the different ownerships over the years, it makes the transition a little easier. And our philosophy is this, right? Well, obviously, we've had a lot of different names over the years, but we are a house of fourteen brands, and what's incredible about bringing the brands together 
It's just the, they're highly differentiated brands, right? Everybody has a personality on the brand side and, uh, and to be able to fit in different parts of the market without clashing into each other. So I think that base, because people are like, oh my gosh, how can you feed 14 children, right? It's like something's gonna go, yeah. but nothing's gone. And, and one of the things I'm really proud of, Chrysler has had a brand new life, right? So we rolled out the, the Iconics uh, several months back, Chris Fuel did. Uh, we're having our, our heyday or our final spotlight for the 300C. And, uh, and Chrysler is reimagining to everything is gonna be 100% BEV. So from that side, it just shows what we've been able to do of something that was a question mark in our history, you know, history going forward of can everything survive? And uh, everybody's got a fighting chance and everybody is performing, which is great. And what I think the pandemic, you know, through, through the, the, the stress and the crisis of that, it forced us to take decisions much faster than we probably would. Sure. And so, yeah, we had to flex and adapt a little bit here and there, but it's, uh, I think that was actually a powerful tool for us to be able to, to come together much faster. It was interesting when Carlos started Stellantis and he was quoted in saying, everybody has a fighting chance. Yep. Yeah, no sacred cows, but everyone's got a fighting chance. Uh, interesting. So, you know, as you guys are managing through, you know, you talked about uh, priorities, you know, you think about the, the um, strains on capital. Right? It's absolutely crazy as you're trying to transition platforms around the world. Um, when you look at how you're managing the business, does it get any easier? You know, I mean, not that COVID was a help, but it put everybody out. Everyone's kind of on the same page now. Does it help with the management when you're dealing with that many people and you actually go a little bit more remote? The, I, I think it broke so many paradigms for probably all of us in this room from the everybody moaning and complaining about being home to moaning and complaining about the thought of, oh my gosh, I have to get into traffic today to actually go to the office, right? But I think it, it has helped us, and especially from the global parameter, right, with, with our meta-function teams to be able to, to have made those transitions that we've all made, you know, not just as an industry, but as a, as a, as a globe. And for us, for sure, it's been super powerful for us to be able to to, to bring in new talent, you know, with 4,500 new software engineers, the partnerships that, that we have formed around the world as well to, to speed up our software uh, transition. And, uh, and from that, I think it's been a game changer for us as an industry. With as much disruption as we've got, right, it's absolutely incredible that now we can tap into talent that maybe doesn't like being in the vortex. I'm from Alabama, guys. I love the <laughs> vortex, right? <laughs> the cold is fine, <laughs> but we don't have to, we don't have to stress that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so you mentioned Chrysler as an example of things that have gone right. When you're trying to integrate, I mean, a lot of people in this room are integrating uh, new technologies and teams all the time. It doesn't always go right. <clears throat> Any bumps along the road that you guys have learned from? Well, I think we, we will continue to learn, as you mentioned, with 25 BEVs coming back to back to back. Uh, sharpening our launch on time skills is beyond critical. So we're, we're spending so much time on not, not, the strategy piece is very well laid out from now to 2030. It's really about the execution side. And it's looking to say, where can there be holes that we need to make sure we're looking around that corner and, and don't get surprised. So for us, it is really about executing but we feel really good as we regrouped as a company. We've got four, four global platforms instead of so many iterations and variations. So we have continued to, 
to really simplify uh, the product lines, really looking from the customer side of what do people really want, what do they not, right? And I'll raise my hand and say, oops, maybe we did a few things wrong when it came to I love my Grand Wagoneer, but I have oh, about 15 pages of apps on there. Maybe that was too much, right? <laughs> so, so we're learning, we're iterating on that, and, and but I, feel, I do feel very good about it, and, and really just about the, the, the focus that we have, the health of our balance sheet, uh, you know, the strength that we've had as a team. Only being two years, it, it feels like much longer than two years, right? Well, the way that we work together. work together, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely... It's, it's been incredible. And, and what I really appreciate about, uh, about Carlos's leadership there is, you know, Carlos comes over every four or five weeks. We get together. He goes to the plants. He meets with the unions. We do these things together. Uh, you know, and he lived here many years ago. But it's, it just shows as well the commitment to the globe. Yeah. What's his latest plan? <laughs> We're on Dare, Dare Forward 2030. Dare Forward he might have had another couple of secret codes he shared with you in Paris. I don't know. Man. <laughs> you know, there, there's um, everybody's been rushing to the EV market for one reason or another, whether it's Wall Street or, or you know, really just believing that you know consumers are ready. Um, you guys took a little bit of a slower approach, you know, going kind of more partnership. Uh, than, than you know, full on. We've talked to throughout the automotive news congresses. We've talked to Mark Royce, who had a bit of a different strategy. Jose Munoz has got a different strategy. Yep. Jeremy at Nissan. We have Farley this afternoon. Talk a little bit about your strategy and why you think that you're better positioned now. Yeah. Uh, going well, forward. well, clearly the strength of us coming together and to share across those four platforms that are multi-energy platforms. Uh, are very strong. And what, what I feel extremely good about, we launched the, the Wrangler plug-in hybrid uh, about 15 months ago, or, or 18 months ago now. It's number one in the market. So it's a transitional technology that people are comfortable with. Uh, so while, yes, it's expensive to have a, to have a PHEV versus a full-on BEV, because you've got both of, the, both of the platforms, but the comfort level there with the strength of that, the strength of our Pacifica, number one and number two, the Grand Cherokees rolling out now uh, that are sold out, uh, says people, people are willing to adopt that. So I think very strongly still that our strategy is absolutely spot on with that as we bring the BEVs into the marketplace, as the charging networks are, are built, and as we're able to do it more affordable. Because one of the key challenges we all have is 50% more cost for that. And I mean, I think the battery chemistry is certainly not going to go down in terms of those, right? It's, uh, it's about affordability. You know, it's, it's a big challenge for the industry. So you just rattled off like five massive challenges for the industry. Charging infrastructures, affordability, you know, um, uh, finding resources, you know, all, all of these different things. Um, you mentioned the Jeep, which I, I find interesting because forever the Jeep's advertising has been on rocks and mountains and streams. Not a lot of charging stations out there. Actually, we do, Casey. Well, <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got solar charging stations uh, at most. And you of say the, we do. You guys built them. We Jeep. Yeah, Jeep we've got Jeep them. charging stations. All right. Know. So that's helping with the range anxiety in the mountains. It's nice for people to see them. Right? <laughs> okay. There might be a line, <laughs> right? But it, what, what is awesome, right? So the team, we had the guys out with the, uh, with the full BEV uh, Wrangler uh, prototypes. And it is so much fun to get out there in those because the things that you can do with the EDMs and that, it's, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you really like to live on the edge, that's a, that's a fun one to do it with, for sure. We're going to have to try it. Um, let's talk about pickups for a minute. 
you know, the, the markets went from no pickups to a competitive market pretty quickly. Uh, how important is this RAM launch? What do you guys think you need to do differently? And you know, how, how are you going to try and differentiate? And you guys have come a long way with RAM just in the last couple of years. No, absolutely. You know, it's a, a long, long way from when it divorced from Dodge and became its own brand. It's been more than a decade now. And, and then winning the luxury vehicle of the year was a, was a major win, right? I mean, I think Ralph Jills and the team just did a phenomenal job uh, of the interior. And it's, it's my favorite go-to of I uh, occasionally take one from the engineering team and don't return it on a regular basis. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it is incredible. But what we are later to the party, obviously, than everybody else, right? We're about two years behind putting that into the marketplace compared to others. And what is critical is that we come in with leadership. So you know, we have more time to, to actually make sure all the things that the customers are loving today that have, have given us such tremendous market share growth that we don't lose that and that we're also able to, to tweak and refine because the other guys have done a really good job, quite frankly. Stellantis North America COO Mark Stewart spoke with Automotive News publisher Casey Crane this week at Automotive News Congress in Detroit. If you missed that event, you can still get on-demand access to all of those conversations at autonews.com under the Events and Awards tab on our homepage. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Jake Neer in for Kellen Walker. Thanks to Michael Martinez and Jerry Hirsch of Automotive News for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on manufacturing, executive moves, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about service department retention, keeping staff in place and happy, and keeping customers coming back for maintenance and repairs. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.